Electric Jellyfish Podcast presents Spoilers of the Galaxy. <laughs> oh, yes, that just happened. How you doing, folks? Welcome to Spoilers of the Galaxy. This is Chad. This is Shannon. Hola, this is Derek. There you are. (laughs) (laughs) Don't scare me like that. So, yes, we told you guys a couple weeks ago this was coming. So, yes, it has happened. Uh, We are so freaking excited and thrilled about this. This is something I've been wanting to do ever since I was a kid. I mean, literally, you know, nothing gives me a better charge than to talk about something that I've been passionate about since I was seven, (laughs) seven, eight years old. Yeah, because we were both seven when the first movie came out, Mm -hmm. when there was just, it was just Star Wars. It didn't have much of a title other than that. No, we didn't, we didn't really have a concept of what a sequel was. Right. Um. It, when we first saw it, it didn't open with episode four, mm-hmm. A New Hope. It ju- it was just called Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Derek, I know that your experience has got to be a little bit different from ours because were you even alive in 1977? No. <laughs> didn't think so. So that's that's kind of no. for starters. I mean, yeah, we're we're here to talk about any and all things Star Wars, and we're we're I know we're primarily going to try to focus on. The, the content that we're getting on Disney Plus because that's where everybody's getting their fix nowadays. Right. Um, and Disney's had a rocky go of it. You know, that's been kind of hit and miss. Mm. Um, there are things that they've done that we've absolutely loved and there's things that we've done that we were like, what the hell are y'all thinking over there in that ivory tower that you're standing in? Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're fans first and foremost. We've been fans since we were since we were wee nippers and uh they're uh everybody's experience is a little bit different Mm -hmm. you know regardless of how it started uh me personally um i got taken to uh for those of you that are local to the dallas fort worth area i got taken to god's private screening room (laughs) as it was commonly referred to as the north park one and two that Mm -hmm. was mecca that's where if any decent movie came out when we were growing up in the 70s and 80s, that's where you wanted to go. Mm. No matter how cool your closest theater was, if you lived in Mesquite growing up like we did, we had a couple of theaters at the mall. Mm-hmm. Well, we only had one, actually. Mm-hmm. And it only had, it was a one and two when mm-hmm. it first opened. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it expanded to five. Uh, then they had the the UA Townie 6, which opened on the other side of, uh, on the other side of the highway. Mm-hmm. Uh and then the uh, then the other General Cinema Town East Six opened up mm-hmm. across the street and behind the the uh, the original Town East Theater. Right. And then the last one that opened up was the AMC Town Crossing, until the big mama the hit the big one. Yes. The AMC Thirty, which I think at at the last time I checked is the largest multiplex on the planet. Right. That's what I remember hearing about it when it first opened. Believe it or not. Piddly Squat Mesquite, Texas has the biggest movie theater in the world. 
which I still, I'm still squaring myself with that. It just doesn't seem like we would be <laughs> that of all places, Mesquite, Texas would get picked. Maybe a, a larger city in Texas, but Mesquite, Texas, really? Mm. Well, Chad, we do have a rodeo out there. Yes, that is true. We sure do. <laughs> I think you can see it from the parking lot of that Jeez. there movie theater. God. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. That just made yep. me squirm. I know, I know. It and it's killed me for years that you know for for the longest time uh, growing up in Mesquite that was like the main thing that that town was known for the rodeo. Mm-hmm. I mean, because when when I joined the service, uh, they were showing Mesquite Rodeo on ESPN two. Oh wow! Yeah. Huh. Okay. So that's the only one. Like when I would tell people that I was from Mesquite, Texas. Oh, you're from that rodeo town? I'd be like, shit. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I never really enjoyed the rodeo. I no. saw it as kind of animal abuse. I, I just didn't, I just didn't like it. No, I, I never got a kick of it. And I mean, and I grew up not too far from it. Like mm-hmm. it was within spitting distance of my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I guess it's kind of one of those things where if you grow up near, near a big landmark, a local landmark, you hardly ever frequent it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, can any of us on this podcast right now count? on more than one hand how many times we've been to the top of reunion tower never been never been right i me once nope. shannon i've only been once right and i literally can look out the window of from where i work mm-hmm. and and stare at it mm-hmm. like i could throw a rock and hit the reunion tower i, I, mean, I work it, right it down there it's kind of neat to go up there i mean it, it is it's, but it's, it's really cool because it does it still move in circles it never did move in circles. Well, it may be from the inside, but you can't tell from the outside. Right. When you're sitting there at the table, the the platform that the tables are sitting on mm-hmm. are actually moving see, around. I never did that. I just went up to the observation tower. Oh, no. I actually went in there and had dinner, and it was, it was nice. But tying that all in, when we first caught a glimpse of, the, of Reunion Tower when we were kids, mm-hmm. what was the first thing we all thought? It's a Death Star. It's the Death Star. <laughs> yeah, it's like the damn Death Star. Uh-huh. Literally, whenever whenever the Rebels are going over the schematic on how to blow the son of a bitch up, uh-huh. there's a shot on there where it's just covered in little dots. And I'm like, right. that's freaking Reunion Tower right there. How do you know the guys that built it weren't thinking about oh, that? Oh, I mean, because I mean, think about it. That thing opened in like 80, 81, right. like right after the Empire Strikes Back. Right. So, you know, it's, 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 it's still heavily you know, steeped in pop culture. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, cause it was, it was still new. Mm-hmm. It was still new to everybody. So everyone saw that, that lived here locally and said, Holy shit, we got a death star in our town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then ironically, whenever Jerry Jones opened up the new cowboy stadium, that's what everybody refers to it as still mm. even local meat, not just local media, national media still refers to cowboy stadium as the death star. They, they, they call it Jerry world or the death star. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, I'll take Death Star. Mm -hmm. And I've only been in that building one time. Take a wild guess what for. I have no clue. The Star Wars concert. Oh, well, there you go. Whenever they opened that venue in 2010, that was one of the first things that came to. Because I want to say it opened before the Cowboy season started. Mm. Because I think the first thing that played there was a U2 concert. Mm -hmm. But the first thing I went to and the only thing I've been to at Cowboy Stadium is the Star Wars concert. Hmm. that Anthony Daniels was the host of. So tying that all together, it's, it just seems kind of, seems kind of apropos. <laughs> uh, and I know that everybody has that Star Wars moment 
some we I, I mean I've got a couple hmm. but uh Derek do you have one that uh like what what really resonates with you or like you know your 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 fondest greatest memory of of when you became a Star Wars nut I've I've always growing up that was in, growing up I grew up in Waco Mm-hmm. which no everybody I was not a part of the Branch Davidians <laughs> just get that out of the way because every time I say oh you're from Waco you must have been one of them Branch Davidians oh, like no yeah. guys I didn't escape the clutches of David Koresh so <laughs> um, back in those days back in the 80s Waco has always been in, in my perspective uh, behind the times and which is weird you know, to they, say they're they, a big college town I think that'd be a little bit well, and that's yeah. It's 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 steeped in Bible Belt, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but yeah, it's always been like, wow, I'm going back in time in the city. But <laughs> growing up, my family, my family is is hardcore sci-fi, comics, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we, my grandparent, my grandmother initially was the one that just anytime there was some stuff like that she would just hear take it just breathe it <laughs> eat it sleep it whatever and um yeah like like i said i mean i, I grew up in 19 i was born in 1980 so i i miss the the star wars and and everything else but when it came to like empire and return of the jedi oh dude i was i was a single child I had, you know, I had two different aunts and an uncle, and they were always clamoring and fighting during birthdays and Christmas to get me all the coolest stuff out there. <laughs> so oh, awesome. it's like when the Star Wars stuff came out, it was just like when people say it was Christmas, it was like Christmas. It was freaking Christmas because I think the the best memories I have of tiny little Star Wars moments when I'm a kid that I can still remember today. I had my Return of the Jedi lunchbox, <laughs> the metal one. Uh-huh. That I that I loved. Oh God, I, I had that thing for years. I wish I knew where it was today. Same here. And then I remember one Christmas, it was after Empire came out. Or, uh, no, it was after Return of the Jedi. Had to Jedi because the Christmas um, start, that Empire came out, you were just born. Yeah, Return of the Jedi comes out, dude. I got the Ewok Village. <laughs> I had, I probably got about at least fourteen figures that Christmas, and it was just like, oh my god, it it was it was beautiful because I was just making all kinds of stuff going on in my head and playing and everything else. <laughs> I'm a big action figure kid. That that was my big thing. Same. Um, Still am. And then school, you know, to circle back to the, the star Wars lore that's in my blood, you know, as a, as a baby, my ears are, were massive. I mean, they were huge and they're still huge, but as a baby, you know, I had to grow into them. So my family would call me Yoda. I got that going for me, ladies. There are so if you, ladies. Uh, if you have a if you have a Yoda fetish, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm, use the force, you will. Mm. Yes. Oh God. 
Oh, that's too cute. Because those women that have Yoda fetishes are a mile long line. Hey, you never know. I think they're I think they're local, and you can find them locally. I think that's on one of the websites. I don't know. Is there a is there a meetup for your Yoda? You are. Is there a, is, yes. there a, is there a meetup group for that in Wise County or some shit? God, I hope there is. Because if there is, y'all need to email me that right now. You can reach me at. Uh, PCB5P at yahoo.com. I think we just broke Shannon. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't even think of it. Yes. I wouldn't even think of the irony when I said Wise County. It just popped in my head. <laughs> I'm actually kind of proud of this moment right now. <laughs> oh. oh, that was great. Okay. <laughs> Top that one, Shannon. I don't think I can. Top Mr. Yoda fetish over here. Oh, I don't think I can. Sure but you I, can. But I will, say, I will say one thing. I remember seeing the first one in 77, mm-hmm. and the first thing I was fascinated with was Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. Because up until that time, um, most of the female uh, actresses that were in especially in sci-fi stuff were kind of ooh stand back damsel in distress yeah yeah the damsel in and no no yes. this girl was like she didn't uh-uh. need she didn't need a freaking rescue and she's like she's like get out of my way you idiot <laughs> It's just no, no, yes. no, no heroine ever resonated as quite as well as she had attitude the moment he stepped into her cell. Oh yeah, <laughs> aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? You're like, bitch, I'm here to save you. Yeah, I'm here to try right. to help you out. And yeah, that I was like, wow, who is this woman? And. I want to be like that. Yeah. I want to be a, a take charge kind of person. Yeah. Um. You know, she's little bitty. She's what like Carrie Fisher was what like five two. Yeah. She was in a you know a foot and oh and magic yeah <laughs> and uh, you know she's this tiny little woman and she's like get out of my way you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Walking carpet. Every, yeah, walking every, carpet. Yeah. Every comment. I mean, just See, just pure I'm, freaking I'm telling fire. You. Growing up as a child, I think I can actually pinpoint some of my issues when it comes to women with Princess Leia because <laughs> really, growing up, I I was like totally in love with the tiny, smart ass, sarcastic, f you type of chick, and I'm just like, I love her. <laughs> so maybe that's my issues, ladies. Just saying. Well, I guess we just heard his type, ladies, you know, and he gave out some contact information already. So your inbox is just going to start blowing oh, up. Oh, yeah, now. it will. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure it will. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Um, my earliest fondest memory was probably in 1980 mm-hmm. when, you know, back then this this whole, you know, instant news source just wasn't even a thing right and being a kid that young you know all of 10 of 11 years old like we caught wind of the i remember seeing the teaser trailer for empire when i went and saw oh gosh i can't remember what it was i saw the year before and i remember them going next summer coming to a galaxy near you next summer i was like next summer mm-hmm. you know, like god that felt like forever and not even paying attention to dates or anything like that uh I remember my dad took me out of school and he told me we were going to a dentist appointment. I'm like, shit, 
I'm I, you know, I'm not looking forward to this. Yeah, nobody wants to go to the dentist. <laughs> and then we go shooting past the dentist office on on six thirty five. I'm like, Daddy, we're, we're he's I don't worry about it. I'm like, where are we going? You'll see. And we pull up in front of the North Park one and two. At oh uh, t- t- ten thirty, eleven o'clock in the morning on a school day. Oh. I got taken out of school, told I was being taken to the dentist's office. We pull up in front of North Park one and two. And he somehow manages to, I think he'd already bought tickets beforehand because mm-hmm. he worked nights. And he he somehow manages to block any and all indication of what we are going to see. I didn't see any poster, nothing. We just sashayed into the theater and we sit down and that screen darkens. Theater goes dead quiet and those words a long time ago and the guy I freaked I lost my shit I'm, I'm like he, like he had to practically and he's like calm down calm down I'm like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I'm losing I'm like practically hyperventilating I'm fucking psyched out of my head and you know and you know then the scroll start and I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm about catatonic like I'm about to cry I'm so freaked out and then you, you catch that first glimpse of, of Luke on his tauntaun go mm-hmm. zipping across the Hoth landscape. Mm-hmm. I'm in I'm in heaven. Like I could have died right then and, and died a happy kid. And I'm like, what the what the hell was that? You know, yeah. and just it just sucked right back into it. I just mm. I've never been able to forget that moment. It was one of the most magical moments of my youth. But then as time wears on, um, Jedi didn't quite have the impact for me that Empire did. I think a lot mm-hmm. of Star Wars fans can say that. Mm-hmm. But I can very honestly say, as has been covered by the two people in this room before, that the reason that the release of Jedi was so incredibly crucial to my life was because that's what the anticipation for the woman sitting across from me reading the novelization of The Empire Strikes Back in seventh grade is what made me, is what caught my eye. We've, we've, we've covered this before. Just the book, <laughs> just right? The book, yeah. It was just the book. It didn't have anything to do with, you know. Oh, but. I'd already been awed by your presence anyway, but just that girl, that absolute knockout is a Star Wars fan? Holy shit, I've actually got a shot. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> So there's that. Uh, then we we take the 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 huge leap forward into the into the 90s, hmm. and I had started a, a yeah I know. Uh, see, well, okay, seeing the trailer for Star Wars special the Star Wars trilogy special edition mm-hmm. when I was taking my kid to go see 101 Dalmatians, <laughs> the one with Glenn Close in it, mm-hmm. and wasn't expecting it. And that trailer hits for an entire generation. This, you know, they've seen Star Wars the only way possible on a TV screen. Mm-hmm. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. And then the X-Wing flies right at the screen and you're mm-hmm. like, shit! Because, you know, we we hadn't seen Star Wars on movie theaters in 20 years. Right. And that was a mind melter for, for me. I was like, holy shit. Because now I can introduce my kid to it. Mm-hmm. Even she'd already seen it because, mm-hmm. you know, God knows I'd been wearing the VHS tapes out. And she she dug it. She definitely dug it. Uh, and then, of course, that lays the groundwork for the incredible letdown that the prequels were. Yeah. I mean, am I? I, I know I, I can Ugh. speak for you, and I'm pretty sure I can speak for Derek too. I could just tell by the way he groaned. 
<laughs> that yeah, the prequels were not yep. at all what we were hoping it, they were going to be. But then I start going to fan conventions mm-hmm. after the prequel era has already started, and um, I remember I was oh, I'd gotten associated with the group DFW Fan Force, and we actually had like a a table at these geeky conventions, and um, Dave Prouse was signing autographs at this convention that we were at. And I remember I showed up to the thing and I had a really bad head cold and I just kind of laid my head down. And uh, whoever I was with at the time is nudging me going, dude, dude, dude. And I pick my head up and he's standing at our table. Dave Prouse is standing at our table and we were getting ready to play like a, a round of Trivial Pursuit or something. And he said, mind if I sit down and play with you guys? And we're like, sure, Mr. Prouse, go right ahead. <laughs> and he kicked our ass. Uh, but... I think the, the the pinnacle moment for me as a fan, being able to interact with, with people that were involved in the film, mm-hmm. was, uh, I think it was the following year when, um, same it was at the exact same place, Plano Expo Center, Peter Mayhew is signing autographs, and he comes up to our table. And at this time, I was just starting to experiment with fiddling with just with web page design. I was learning like basic HTML, just the build the basic building blocks of it. And he asked if anybody knew anything about doing web page design, and everyone at the table just looks at me. I'm like, I I know a little bit. And he goes, Well, I just won my domain name because a, a cyber squatter had purchased PeterMayhew.com as well as the actor that played Boba Fett, Jeremy Bullock.com. Mm-hmm. He had he had purchased both of those domain names and were squatting on them. So Peter and Jeremy took this guy to court, sued him successfully, and they got their domain names. Mm -hmm. And he's wanting to develop a web page. So he's like, uh, you know, would would any of you folks be interested in... And we're like, are you kidding me? Shit, yeah, of course we would. So he's like, okay, well, I'll I'll have you guys out to the house sometime. And we're like, your house? Yeah, I, I live here. We had no freaking idea <laughs> that Peter Mayhew was a local. We, I just, we said, you're, what, you're going to fly us to London? He goes, no, I live over on Grapevine, you know. <laughs> 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 or not Grapevine, but Granberry, Granberry. You know, I live on Joe Pool Reservoir. We're like, no shit. So he invites us to his house. And he's got all of his gear, all of his, all of his memorabilia that fans have made for him or just things that have been made that were Chewbacca-related in these humongous curio cabinets all in this study that he sits in. And at the time, if you've ever been around, if you ever got a chance to meet Peter Mayhew, consider yourself blessed. Because the guy was amazing. He was the sweetest guy I've ever known involved in film, much less my favorite film series ever. <laughs> he was the most approachable. He would, t- he would tell a story that would lighten any person's face. He was just the sweetest guy. Um. But uh, he, uh, he, when you saw him, when he would do his autograph sessions, he always wore the same shirt uh, in the photo. It was just a picture of Chewbacca that covered the shirt. It looked like this, the shirt was covered in Chewbacca fur and his face was just in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And I've been looking for that shirt for years because I, fi- I never did see it at any of the conventions. And I'm like, Peter, I've been looking for this shirt. And I, and I held up the picture because he had just given us a copy of the Chewbacca graphic novel that had just been published. Mm-hmm. He gave everybody that showed up to this thing 
there was like you know like six or seven of us that got invited to his house to discuss the web page development we like i'd done a mock-up and we had shown him our idea for the web page design and everything but the other thing that he wanted to do I'll, I'll get back to the to the to the to his shirt thing in a second he wanted us to take pictures of the of the stuff in his collection because mm-hmm. he had so much of it he wanted to archive it basically so as we're going through his stuff and I brought this up after he gave us the book, I'm like, I've been looking for that shirt for years. Where can I find one? So he turns to his wife, who is the reason he was local, because she was from here. Mm. I want to say she was from Fort Worth. It's a little bitty thing. Huge, humongous Peter Mayhew and his wife, Angie, is like five foot nothing. <laughs> he looks at Angie, goes, Angie, and he just kind of does this little nod and a wink and kind of motions to head upstairs. And she knew exactly what he meant, because a few minutes later, she comes down and hands him this cellophane wrapped package and he turns around and goes there you go and it's the shirt (laughs) that he wore in his picture in my size and somebody took a picture of me right as I got the shirt and I'm a once again I'm that kid in 1980 (coughs) whenever the opening crawl starts Mm -hmm. I almost fell apart (laughs) I just got a Chewbacca t-shirt from Chewbacca yeah, that was in Chewbacca's house. That's amazing. <laughs> that's an amazing story. And as we're going through his collection, I'm looking at this thing that's in the very bottom of this curio cabinet, and it's locked. It's the only thing that you can immediately access because he's got like you remember whenever he got the popcorn award from the MTV mm-hmm. uh, Movie Awards from Carrie. Mm-hmm. That was right there. I got to hold that thing. Mm. Like he had rings of Chewbacca that were so big. They looked like they were bracelets, but they were for his ring finger. Wow. This guy was just, he was a freak of nature. He, he was a, he was a really, really tall yeah. man. And like when he walked past you, you immediately saw Chewbacca. Like mm. you, that, that knock-kneed his, walk. His gait. Yes. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, that was, that you knew it was Peter. And mm-hmm. you knew Peter was Chewy. It just, it was unmistakable. But I'm looking at this locked, bound book. I mean, it looks like a, like a photo album. It's so big. And I'm like, uh, Peter, what's that? And uh, he just starts laughing. And I'm like, what? what? What is this? And he goes, that's my shooting script for Empire. Oh, God. <laughs> that was my brain exploding. <laughs> I'm looking right at the script. I'm like, an idiot that I am. I was like, why the hell did you need a script? <laughs> <laughs> Not like he has any lines. Not like you got to say anything. <laughs> and he just kind of looked at me. He goes, everybody got a script, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then just uh, the room just like, dude, seriously? I'm like, what? Don't tell me I'm the only one thinking that. But we had multiple meetings with him. Like He took us out to dinner at the Outback, and he would tell stories about how Obi, uh, Obi-Wan, Alec Guinness gave a, p- a production assistant shit for calling him sir all the time. Every oh. time he would say, you know, you're about to be on, you know, we're about to need you on set, Sir Alec. And he's like, could you stop with the Sir Alec? Just call me Alec or Mr. Guinness. You don't have to be so formal about it. He goes, yes, Sir Alec. And he walked away. <laughs> and the way Peter told the story, he was like, this happened like two or three times, you know, because, you know, Alec and he are just sitting there reading the cricket scores in the local paper at Elstree Studios and he does it for like the third or fourth time and Alec admonishes him every time he does it and the kid just wouldn't get the hint because I guess he just had so much respect for him he just couldn't see himself say anything but Sir Alec and when he walked away for the last time he just looked he just looked over to Peter and just under his breath muttered fucking employees (laughs) (laughs) we're like no he didn't he's like yeah he did (laughs) 
<laughs> but just you know, just just being close to to his utter humanity was was a, really a gift. We actually, inv- I'd actually sent him an invite to our wedding, mm. and sadly, that was the week we lost him. Yes, it was. Uh, like literally days before our wedding, we lost Peter, and he was actually going to be. He, he, even if he had, even if that tragedy hadn't befallen us, he was actually booked that weekend to be at the Plano Center because they were mm-hmm. doing a, a Star Wars special weekend. Because once again, we got married on May the fourth. Right. But in his honor and in his memory, we put a little Chewbacca animatronic stuffed figure by our sign-in book. So we did that in memory of Peter, and we had lost Kenny. Kenny Baker not too long before that so I, I had a really good as a matter of fact it's sitting right here I'm looking at it mm-hmm. uh, like a oh probably a foot and a half tall um, mechanical R2 that I put next to the book as well for in memory of both of them so, but you know Star Wars has been such a huge part of all of our lives for so long like I mean Derek you you are the the, the fortunate one on this show that doesn't know a world without it I mean you were you, True. you were born into a, a world that Star Wars are already existed. Shannon and I were born a few years before. Right, and the best sci-fi that we had was Star Trek. Star Trek on television, yeah, basically. Star Trek on television. Mm-hmm. So you know, or Planet and, of the Apes, right? Oh, Planet of the Apes. Don't get me started on that. Yeah, but uh, it um, there really wasn't much out there. No, of course we were so young. Um, you know, when Star Wars hit, it's like, now we're talking. Yeah. This is like Star Trek on steroids. This is awesome. Well, I love the way that Lucas described it whenever he was asked about, you know, what was the, you know, what was the inspiration? You know, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. And he's quoted as saying, I wanted to create fairy tales for a generation that grew up without them. Mm-hmm. And I think that was very very well put, very much on the nose. Cause well, you know, and the one thing that I have always brought up about um, the original Star Wars from the 70s, he took the time with that first movie to introduce you to the characters. Mm-hmm. So by the time they start to get into trouble and danger starts happening all around them, you're actually interested in what's going to happen to these people. Yeah, you're, you you and, got emotionally invested in, right, in, in right. your core and, characters and very that, early on. That was the problem that I've had with all the others. Mm-hmm. I I think that is that is the mistake that was made in the in the prequels and the sequels. Because they're just like, okay, y'all already know this world, so here you go. Yeah. And and it hit the ground running. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute yeah. here. Make me interested in these characters first. Yeah. Let me see what they're about before you start blowing things up. Yeah. And anytime you go back in time and tell the story of a, you know, you go into a prequel trilogy mm-hmm. like they did. There's no sense of impending doom. Right, because you already Be- know what's going to happen Because, to yeah, them. you know mm-hmm. Obi-Wan's going to live. You know that nothing's going to happen to Padme until she gives birth. Mm-hmm. You know Anakin's not going to die because... <laughs> yeah, we know about him. <laughs> we know what happens to this guy. Uh, so, you know, after everything had been established up through Jedi, and there were tons of unanswered questions, and I'm mm-hmm. like, if, if you want to go back and tell a backstory, sure, but I, I know that 
the way I always looked at it was they went too far back. Mm-hmm. I don't think we really needed to see Anakin Skywalker as a snot-nosed kid. Right. Oh, yeah. Growing up on Tatooine with an attitude problem and a fixation on a girl that was way out of his league. <laughs> Um, and we definitely didn't need an, an hour of pod racing as well. No. <laughs> no. Now, this is pod racing. No, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, yeah, this is boring as when, fuck. When the pod race is the most exciting thing in the first three quarters of that film, mm-hmm. you've got a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you've established the opposition in this thing as a blockade trade federation right, thing right. i mean wake me up when it's time to give a shit right uh and you and you've created of a, a, a nemesis for the jedi who for all intents and purposes <clears throat> are supposed to be two jedi kind of in their prime mm-hmm. with qui-gon and obi-wan as his padawan mm-hmm. that should be able to just you know whip ass without even breaking a sweat and they take on darth maul Mm-hmm. And Darth Maul takes down the Master. Yeah. And the Padawan takes out the Sith Lord, and you you've you've created this really fascinating villain, but didn't really give him much to do. Yep. He barely spoke, and when he did Ugh. speak, it was somebody else yeah. speaking for him. Because mm-hmm. uh, that wasn't Ray Park's voice, folks. I don't know how many of y'all don't realize that. Um, <clears throat> but you 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 carve the guy in half. Now, granted, you brought him back miraculously in, in the animated series and stuff but you know and, and that's cool but you didn't really have to kill the dude in the first place no nope. you, you could have kept him around for another film because then we get to episode two and he's been replaced by christopher lee uh-huh. <laughs> okay uh-huh. <laughs> a, a guy that at that point in his career had already done you know, Lord of the Rings. Everything. <laughs> yeah, he'd pretty much done everything. So he was in the twilight of his career. So any sword fighting he was going to do was obviously going to be done by a double, which it was. Um, even though it gave us the glimpse of, of uh, a moment in Star Wars that we never thought we'd get, we got to see Yoda whip ass. Which was actually funny. That was pretty badass. I, I mean, mean, the way he was jumping around like a little jumping bean, like I was fl- like... Like a flea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was so funny. I was like, I know this is supposed to be all serious, but I was cracking up. I, I mean, was like, this looks ridiculous. Th- and, and granted, we also got our first look at the clones. Finally, mm-hmm. we see the clones that we've heard about that with leading to the Clone War for right, all these years. Right. And we actually see Boba Fett as a little kid and his dad mm-hmm. Jango and the, he was the basis for all the clones and blah 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 um, and then we but I think the the single biggest moment for me in episode two was when <laughs> when when Mace Windu shows up and said this party's over mm-hmm. and then you're starting to see Jedi pop up all over this arena that that Obi-Wan and Anakin and Padme are about to get quote-unquote sacrificed in. Yeah, right. We knew that shit wasn't going to happen. But then you see all these Jedi appear mm-hmm. in full in full bloom. I mean, like, you know, they literally are the army of Jedi that we've always, again, always heard about. Imagine Heard about yes. the clone army. We've always mm-hmm. heard about how the, the Jedi were the peacekeepers of the galaxy for generations. But we'd never seen a whole shitload of them. We'd only seen one old guy teaching a young guy. Mm-hmm. So when the droid army shows up 
they pan to the right and here come the Jedi storming the battlefield in this arena. I don't know about the theater that y'all were in, but the theater that I was in for the first midnight showing on opening night went fucking insane. <laughs> you would have thought we were at a, a European soccer stadium oh. and Beckham just scored a header into the goal. That place went berserk. I've never been to a screening, and I've been to a lot of screening. Like, you know, we went to the midnight screening of Phantom Menace, and we walked out there going, nah, 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 you know, just kind of a big thud. Mm-hmm. But when that happened, because mm-hmm. we'd already gone through the painful, it's it's sand course, and it gets everywhere, the stilted dialogue of, oh. of Galactic Titanic, <laughs> as I was calling it. Because <laughs> yeah. I guess Lucas wanted some of that Titanic money, so that's what he was going for, and it just oh. didn't land. But... When that happened, I was surrounded by people that were dressed like Jedi mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a packed movie theater. And I have not heard a scream like that in a crowd, in a movie theater in my life. Hmm. It was, it was pretty, pretty, pretty amazing to me. Hey, Chad. Mm-hmm? Didn't, didn't we go see episode one together? Were you part of that crowd? I think I was. I mean, because I know there was like I, there was like twelve of us. Yeah, I think I was at the midnight showing of episode one at the AMC I think thirty. I went with you guys. Yep. Yeah. I, I Yeah. There was a sh- there was a shit ton of us, and we walked out of that thing going, "Well, that." Yes. And I and I already had tickets to go see it again the next day, and I'm just like, I don't even know if I want to freaking go. It's like, does anybody want these? <laughs> hey, I scalper, right my- here. I think that was my exact words to you once we walked out. I was like, what the fuck was that shit? <laughs> and I wanted to like it so bad. And I just, yeah, me too. and I couldn't defend it. I, I was like, Mm-mm. this, this is not at all what I was hoping for. I mean, we got moments of coolness, but they were so brief. Yeah. And then we roll around to episode three and we, I think we finally, he, that's what's, well, that was, I think that was the saddest thing about it was that, Lucas didn't really hit his stride with that prequel trilogy until right at the end of episode three. Mm. And even then he would still just throw these things at us like Padme. Yeah. She's dying. And we're like, why? Yeah. <laughs> that? that she, a broken heart? Is that what you're saying here? Because they never really just came out and said it for reasons we just can't understand. She's, we're losing her. And, and even Obi-Wan looked at her like, the fuck? <laughs> it's, what, really? <laughs> that's that's how you're gonna take out Padme. I mean, if if she had just crumpled to the floor, which she did, you know, whenever mm-hmm. whenever Anakin flipped his noggin and started to force choke her, and you know, in Obi Wan, let her go, you know, and you know, and, and and even that, even the whole battle between those two, which was spectacular, mm-hmm. up until the very end of the fight. Mm. It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. Mm-hmm. Fuck's that got to do with anything? You were the chosen one. <laughs> now that I liked that him just 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 you know just feeling so gutted that Anakin had turned into such a turd farmer, and uh, and wow. like you know everything that you were supposed to be, you were supposed to be this ideal that we were all pinning our hopes on, and you just pissed in our face <laughs> yeah he did that all right like, go ahead on chin believed in <laughs> yeah yeah why gun jim believed in you and he was wrong about you then he, he was, was wrong, wrong about, about me, me. <laughs> well played sir 
<laughs> Damn. Oh, that was great. Holy shit. <laughs> that, folks, is a light bulb moment right oh, there. Oh, for sure. <laughs> These people can't come up with anything original. Well, let me tell you something. Um... I have to say, and and it pains me to say it, as much as I love Star Wars, and I've always loved Star Wars, Marvel beats them on the character building. Yeah. Oh, so much. Yeah. They they uh, they can they that, they world build. It seems like better than. That was my biggest problem with like the character, the new characters in in the uh, in the sequels. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't. I never blame the performers. The the actors and actresses were just fine in those parts. They didn't have anything to say. Yeah. I mean, they didn't give them a character to portray. Well, I, I I was a little pissed at Natalie Portman because she's better than that. She's capable of better than that. I mean, the girl had just won an Oscar for Black Swan when she did episode three. And then you're going to do this whole, Anakin, you're breaking my heart. Come the fuck on. She didn't have a part to play. I but mean, it was But you could be pathetic. a little bit more convincing. Yes, it was pathetic. Uh-huh. You, you are capable of, of, of ringing a better performance. And I don't give a shit how shoddy the material is. You can elevate that material a little bit. Hey, I mean, maybe she checked out the minute she found out she was going to die of a broken heart. <laughs> I mean, give so. me a break. She's like, you know, this girl I've been playing is, you know, yeah. she was, um, she was a badass, you yeah. know. I mean, she, she was, was Leia's freaking mother. She was kind of like Princess Leia. Yeah. And I liked her up until that point. Mm-hmm. You're like, really, bitch? You're going to check out because yeah. the the so-called love of your life is a dick. Yeah, you. Went, oh my God, there'd be women dropping dead. You know, what? Every five seconds all you over the what? world. I, you know what? This she basically portrayed both sides of her kids' personalities. Because she was the strong Leia up until her heart got broke, and then she became the piss boy whiny Luke of but I was going to Taji Station to get some power converters right before she croaked. She became the whiny simp that Luke was before his balls dropped. <laughs> It's a true fucking statement. I'm dude. sorry. I mean, facts are facts. I I, I never we really love you, Mark Hamill, but it wasn't your fault. It was in the script. No, it wasn't. But and I mean, you want to talk about a guy that got bitter about his character? Oh, oh, what they did to Luke. What they did to that? Oh. What they? What? How they just turned him into a eunuch in the Last Jedi? Oh, it was such a disappointment because I just had always loved Luke Skywalker. I always thought, you know, this guy didn't even give up on... On his dad, the the worst guy alive. He wouldn't give up on his dad being a good person, even though he was one of the most hated uh, Sith Lords in what, in the entire universe Mm -hmm. or galaxy or whatever? In the history of the Sith. Right. And, uh, you know, and we've had this conversation before where I said, you know, my biggest problem is Luke didn't even know his dad. No. He didn't really know him, but he knew in his heart, you've got to have some good in you. Yeah. And he gives up on his nephew that he's known since he was born. His only <laughs> Because he had a dream. His only living relatives child. Yeah. His sister's son. His sister's son and his best friend's son. Right. And he's just going to go, oh, this kid's just... He's um, a lost cause because yeah. I had a bad dream that he that he turns to shit. I'm like, right. maybe he turns to shit because you tried to kill him because of a dream. Yeah, I mean, that was the stupidest thing yeah. I have ever seen. Yeah, that and was my that, biggest problem with the sequel trilogy. It was because I was like, come on. Yeah. That, that's, that's not Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that's, that's like a... 
that's like a chick waking up and hitting you because she had a dream that you cheated on her. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Calm down, Luke. Yeah, you know, just mellow the fuck out. I mean, and I always thought of Luke as being, you know, Sir Galahad. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he was the he was the, the I don't know the the perfect Jedi Knight, or he tried to be. He tried to be a good person who tried to do the right thing. And and that's how they want to take yeah. him out. Yeah. No. I mean, come on, that no. was such a disservice to that character and to everybody who loved Luke Skywalker. Yeah, just go go suck some blue milk out of that sea mermaid's freaking giant blue titty and 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 Ew. and, and, and unclench. <laughs> Ew. It just it just didn't wash and 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 hearing hearing Mark on the on the press junkets yeah, and stuff. He wasn't happy. He either. wasn't happy about it either. No, because he probably had the same reasoning we just yeah. explained. I mean, we, I mean, it's it's pretty common knowledge. Harrison always wanted them to kill off Han Solo be, because mm-hmm. he knew that it would inspire the team to rally for whatever mm-hmm. freaking reason. He he wanted to die an empire. I think I think Harrison Ford, honestly, looking back on it, I think he was afraid of being typecasted. Yeah. Which you know that happens, you know. Oh, it, it really... definitely happens because uh, like, if you've ever seen the Family Guy parody of of Star Wars, and when he when they yeah <laughs> when they meet up with him in the cantina, hi, I'm Han Solo, and I'm the only actor whose career isn't ruined by being in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he ain't wrong. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> he actually parlayed that thing into bigger and better things, but. I don't want to spend an entire show just pissing all over the thing I love so much because uh, we our our hopes were kind of dashed uh, with with the films that they were cranking out. But then there's these little glimmers of of brilliance, even uh, big glimmers of brilliance. When I was watching Rebels, mm-hmm. Star Wars Rebels, and I got you to watch that whole thing, mm-hmm. Derek. Have you come around on that yet, or are you just kind of slowly easing into nope. it? Nope. You. You haven't come around on. I, it. Ha- I haven't even. I haven't even opened it up yet. Okay, Rebels <clears throat> deals with a period in Star Wars history that takes place after Revenge of the Sith, before New Hope. So it's kind of in that area that Rogue One played so perfectly in. If we're going to talk about any film that I think they crushed it, that mm-hmm. Disney crushed it, mm-hmm. that's the one film that stuck the landing. Mm-hmm. Rogue One stuck the landing. It felt the most like the old. It ones. did. It did indeed. That you you had the camaraderie there. You had the snappy dialogue with K two S O. You you had cameo appearances by you know you know you, we're wanted men when you know, when they ran into him on Jeddah mm-hmm. and shit. Mm-hmm. It's just there was just you could tell that the people that were making this thing were diehard fans of the original material. Mm-hmm. But then. Favreau and Filoni step up to the plate. Oh, yes. And they... Saved it. (laughs) Literally picked up Star Wars out of the dirt. And said, I still love you. Mm -hmm. You're going to get the guy that basically made people give a shit about the prequel era in the first place in Dave Filoni with Clone Wars Mm -hmm. and Rebels. And Favreau, who birthed the freaking Marvel Universe with Iron Man mm-hmm. and said, what can, and, and Disney looked at them and said, you know, and Lucasfilm looked at them and said, what do you think you can do with this? And like, just let me at it. We're going to give you a space Western with a character that no one has heard of, that it was not in any of these movies. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be your focal point. And we loved it. And we're going to be like, uh-oh, 
because uh, the first when I first heard about the Mandalorian, I was like, mm-hmm. uh oh, they're going with a completely original character. I don't know how well this is going to go over. By the five minute mark of the first episode, uh-huh. I was sold completely uh-huh. sold. We were like, oh wow, this is awesome! It was the best Star Wars we had seen since 1980. Mm-hmm. Yes, I said 1980 because mm-hmm. I like Jedi, but I didn't love it. Right. I loved Empire. Oh, yes. I freaking love The Mandalorian. Yeah, I love The Mandalorian too. I love this show so much. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it, it he, <laughs> I never imagined, because I know for years when we were kids growing up, we always dreamed of, wouldn't it be cool if Star Wars was a weekly television series? Oh, yeah. We talked about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Then, wouldn't it be cool if we didn't have to wait three years and we just had to wait seven days? Mm-hmm. For another episode of Star Wars, that would be, but that's never going to happen. Let's be real; that's never going to happen. It'll cost too much. Yeah, they'll never be able to do it. And not only did Favreau and Filoni crack the code on telling a brilliant fucking story mm-hmm. about a lone gunslinger meeting up with a creature he don't quite understand, but we do, mm-hmm. and carving out a mythology that connects to all of it. I mean, it connects mm-hmm. to every, it can get its fingers into every little pie it mm-hmm. wants to. It mm-hmm. connects to prequel characters that we had, had seen in Ahsoka and <laughs> the moment of television that devastates me every single time I see it. Mm. Every single time I watch the finale of season two of The Mandalorian, Aww. I turn into that kid in 1980 one more time. Oh, I kept telling you. I said, it's him. It's him. I know it's him. I will never. And he was like, no, no, it There's can't no be way. him. There's and no way. There's no way. I'm telling you, that's him. That's that's him. Because I'm thinking, who else, who who all could this be that's showing up to save, to save, you know, uh, the Mandalorian and, and, and now at this point, Grogu, not Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and their little team they've got to, to break him out. And I know the rumor mill had been churning like crazy. Uh, and you know, people, I was hoping. I was hoping, but I was like, "There's just no. I just can't as see it." As soon as I saw him walking, I was like, "Oh God, it's really him! It's really him!" And and you're over there almost screaming and crying on the sofa. <laughs> I wish I had recorded this. This was because... we woke up at two o'clock in the morning to watch this thing. <laughs> yes, we, we did immediately after, and I had to work that morning. Yep, <laughs> it was right before Christmas break. It was my last day of work before Christmas break, and. When it gets to, you see this X-Wing approaching and you're just like, oh shit. Oh my God. We're like, oh shit, no. The second she says, the second she says, why is it, why is it just a lone X-Wing? One like, X-Wing? You gotta be fucking kidding yeah. me, right? One yeah. X-Wing? Great, we're saved. And we're like, yeah. you probably I like, are. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you are. Yes, you if, just. Uh, if this is who yeah. I think it is. Yeah, your go- your goose is saved. <laughs> so yeah, I'm walking then, with that with that lightsaber. Well, no, no, no. no. We, you got it. You had this buildup of you just get these little little peaks at him, and it was on a black and white monitor, so mm-hmm. you couldn't tell detail. All you saw was a hooded figure. I kept telling you, I was like, it's him. And all you're thinking, you know, and of course, the imagery that immediately gets evoked is mm-hmm. his approach to Jabba's palace in Jedi. Right. Right. And we had no idea just how on the nose that was going to be, mm-hmm. because. <laughs> I'm getting choked up right now, just replaying this moment in my head where you see him from behind and his cloak is flowing behind him. Mm-hmm. And you see Moff getting get this oh shit look on his face. Mm-hmm. And Grogu go up to the monitor and he starts to touch the monitor like he can 
connect with him through the screen and we're mm-hmm. like oh my god oh my god oh my god and then you see the lightsaber but we can't see the color of the lightsaber because again it's on a black and white monitor but he's whipping ass like no jedi we've ever seen but he in our had lives that he had that glove on one hand we I couldn't see it him. yet we I couldn't really see it yet him. but the moment that lightsaber with the gloved hand came in full frame i have seen reaction videos on youtube i've seen hardcore bodybuilding looking guys break down and sob like a relative just died it's it's losing their shit that just shows you how much we all loved luke skywalker how much we loved this star wars right i mean it was just like you went back to being you know seven years old the first time you ever saw him with a lightsaber you're like oh my god Mm -hmm. it's him i mean it's really him we thought we lost our minds whenever r2 shot the the the, the saber at him on on the on the skiff before he got dropped into the pit of of the sarlacc and he turns that thing on and he's like it's go time bitches Mm -hmm. and he just starts carving up freaking jokers on the skiff but when he stepped oh god (laughs) <laughs> when he stepped into that hallway right outside the door where they were all being barricaded mm-hmm. in and he's got how, what six dark troopers in his path six or eight and he cleaves through them like they ain't shit they're and, nothing and you saw one of them damn near kill the Mandalorian oh yeah with very little it, it took everything he had to take that one out right Luke strides into this hallway and just demo- literally demolishes an entire squadron right. of these. And the, he walk when he walks up to that last one, <laughs> and just makes a fist and force crushes him like yeah, a soda looked, can. Yeah, it was. It was like a beer can crunch. I know everybody that saw it just went, "Oh, oh, oh, shit!" <laughs> yeah, you were one of them. I was one of them. I was. I was freaking out. And we know it's him, but we haven't seen his face yet. And when he steps into that and the music kind of calms and he turns his lightsaber off and and we know it's him at this point, there's no doubt that it's him. Right. But is it him? And he pulls the hood back and looks up at the camera and yeah, it's him. Yeah. And we are literally once again, transported back to our youth. Yes. That is the unexplainable connection that so many people have to this movie series Mm -hmm. and i don't know why i don't know if it reminds me of a time in my life or is it i just love these stories so much is it a combination of both i don't know um i just know that there is something these these stories just connected with yeah. with our generation so much and it's amazing that it is connected to um like like Derek was born 10 years after us and he is connected to it mm-hmm. through his childhood through watching this stuff it's just it's unexplainable really it's universal right. it, it's just it one is. of those it's you know just like like Derek and I can tell you growing up reading reading uh, comics as a kid right and then finally seeing a pitch perfect portrayal mm-hmm. of the books that we read as kids mm-hmm. i mean because you know you we didn't really grow up on a mythology of star wars outside of the films because right. that was how we were brought into that world right but with derek and i we grew up on really shitty tv 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> really shitty TV portrayals of the Marvel characters and the DC characters for the most part. Right. Um, and really cheesy cartoons. Mm-hmm. But we never really got anything that was gritty, that felt grounded in any kind of reality. That you could actually believe that, that was you happening. could actually believe was mm-hmm. happening until. Well, I don't know. I mean, when would you say it really started, Derek? Cinematically on, in the Marvel Universe, comparing, um, it to, comparing it to how we feel about Star Wars. <clears throat> I think it was Iron Man. I mean, honestly. I mean, people can go back and say, well, you know, Blade and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. Dude, okay. Iron Man was was perfect. And then the second, the second I got that kind of like Star Wars kind of Oh really? Mm-hmm. Was the the Samuel L. Jackson scene on the after credit scene where he comes walking in there and he says, "You know, my name is Nick Fury and I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative." At that point, I was like, "Like I got chill bumps right now just fucking saying it out loud." Well, from- and that is like a Star Wars moment for me. Yeah, yeah. Where how, it's like how ironic that's he's when I knew Marvel was going to turn into. Yeah, but and that's that was my moment where I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, they're about to fucking turn this into the biggest thing in the world." Well, so f- for me, I can honestly say the first time I saw um, Patrick Stewart as Professor X, mm-hmm. that was a pretty big one for me. And when I saw t- the Tobey Maguire suit, mm. that that was a really big one for me, especially in Spider Man Two, um, when he took on Doc Ock. Just that subway fight was one of those holy Christ moments for me. Uh, but yeah, I, when I when I want to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative was about as close to uh, Marvel bliss as I had, as I had ever gotten because I'm like, holy shit, it's finally going to happen. Like, dude, I to, to this day, if if I ever need a moment of like euphoria in my life, where it's like if I'm having a shit day or a shit week, it's like okay, I need some. Um, I need to pick me up. All right, let me go search YouTube and I know where uh, you're going after with credit this. scene Nick Fury. And then it'll happen, and then it's just like a tear, and I'm just like, oh, okay. I'm okay. I'm going to be all right. And then that's it. Well, I, 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 I thought you were going to go with the the end game on your left moment where you hear the crowd reacting. Oh, the crowd reaction video, if, if nobody's watched it, yeah, watch the crowd reaction video of the in-game final scene with with the uh, actual audio from the the movie theater. That right there, every time, every time. Man. You know, and what I loved was that. Okay, you know that that uh, compilation video that Marvel released. What was it last week or the week before last? Mm-hmm. They actually made that yeah. part of it. Mm. They actually mm-hmm. included that in that presentation. Marvel knows, Disney yeah. knows how important that moment is. Mm. And I, yeah. I, at this point, they know that they did that in The Mandalorian mm-hmm. with Luke. Mm-hmm. So they're going to, I think they've, I think they've, they're starting to learn from the mistakes they made with, with the sequel trilogy. I hope so. I really, truly hope so. I really hope that, that The Mandalorian has become the bar by which everything has to meet the standard of. Oh, I hope so. Because I I, I know that you know I, my original intent in this episode was to cover the Bad Batch, mm-hmm. but I don't. I think we'll save that for another episode because <laughs> <laughs> we've 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 already 
talk so much about just how important Star Wars is to us. I think that's kind of like the perfect intro episode hmm. to this to, okay. to, to to spoilers of the galaxy we're really not spoiling anything well, in this I mean, particular episode. we could sit here and talk about this for days yeah it's it's not hard it's oh, not hard at all it, it isn't i mean i mean derek i know that your the, your comfort zone tends to be more of you're 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 a marvel guy but i actually got chills last week when i asked you if you'd watched the bad batch yet and your response was, yeah, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. That gave me goosebumps. Because I'm going to be straightforward. Because I'm going to be straightforward. The The Clone Wars cartoon, I, I couldn't even care less. Honestly. I didn't, I, I think I've maybe watched three or four episodes, maybe five episodes of the whole, in a hole of the mm-hmm. whole show. And I'm just like, meh. Because I wasn't a big, it's like I said, I, I could not stand the prequels. And I know the clone, the clone saga and the Clone Wars stuff is a big part of the history of Star Wars. But for me, I was just like, I don't care. I really don't care. The, and then the further they got into that show, I the better it got. This show. Yeah. And then I, I go watch this first episode and I'm like, Hmm. Okay. I was kind of. I, I see you. Yeah, I was kind I, of I like. See. Yeah, I was like that too. You remember? And I didn't like the Clone Wars that much. I liked Rebels, but I didn't really like the Clone Wars that much. And then I watched what the last season yeah. of the Clone Wars. And if you go back and you watch the la- the very last season of the Clone Wars, then the Bad Batch makes even more sense. Well, yeah, you did that, didn't you, Derek? Didn't, are, are are those the episodes that you're referring to yeah. that you went back and watched? Yeah, yeah, I went, I went back and wa- well, no, before that it was only about five episodes. Then whenever the Bad Batch came out, I watched the first episode and I was like, mm, okay. So then I went back to the last season of Clone Wars and watched the Bad Batch introduction mm-hmm. episodes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm down. This will be something to, to soothe me over for a little bit. The finale, the actual finale of Clone Wars has one of the best shots in Star Wars history. Mm-hmm. I, will, I, will, I will take that to my grave. <laughs> If you have followed the whole story arc between Anakin and Ahsoka, mm-hmm. all the way through the Clone Wars, all the way through Rebels, up to that moment, it is one of the most gripping moments in Star Wars history. And I know that's a bold fucking statement. But when that, sh- and you'll know the shot when you see it. When that shot hits, if if you get kind of emotionally invested in their storyline, in their characters as they grew and developed, and in that moment, you you break inside a little bit. Mm. It's a very bittersweet moment that I thought was some of the most brilliant writing and brilliant story planning. If you want to talk about world building, that shot will will do you in, and it's it's just Vader. Mm. And you, like it's, I I don't want to I don't want to give too much away if you haven't experienced it. But just there's there was something so powerful about that moment that it was like a it was like a hammer blow to the chest. Mm. I just I remember looking over at Shannon going, "Holy shit!" Mm-hmm. Like I just I was shaking. I was well, literally you know, shaking. And the thing that I like the most about uh, 
about that is the storytelling is so good Mm -hmm. that you forget you're watching something animated. Mm -hmm. I've said that to you several times. I'm like, I'm, you know, this is more entertaining to me than than the prequels were. Yeah, well, in the animation style that they use in Clone Wars and Rebels and Bad Batch, they're, they kind of have these exaggerated features. Mm-hmm. They look like, you know, kind of cart- cartoonish toy versions mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. these characters. But in that shot, mm-hmm. Vader didn't look at all like... No, it was really cool. It was Vader. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's Vader. Mm-hmm. That That's not a goofy-eyed version of Vader. That, I think the moment was so serious that they knew we got to alter his appearance in this thing just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And just th- there's, you actually see into Vader's eyes, mm-hmm. something you never really could. Well, you kind of did at the <laughs> at the end of A New Hope, but it was an accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't intentional. But you see into Anakin's soul mm-hmm. in that shot. And it was so well done mm-hmm. that I just, I had to stand up and start clapping. I was like, that's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good shit. And you get that fairly consistently from Filoni. And I mean, that's that's Filoni's baby. And that's why I think as long as Filoni and Favreau are involved, we're in good hands. Mm-hmm. As long as they keep up that level of storytelling and that level of love for the source material and devotion to the fans that are expecting that love to the source material, right. we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. As long as you keep the whole social justice bullshit politics out of things and just tell a good story. Right. Don't force shit in there just for the sake of forcing shit in there. And no, I'm not using force as a metaphor here or a friggin' pun. You know, just let the story unfold the way the story needs to unfold. Mm -hmm. Don't put your own personal agenda in it. Don't let your ego get in the way. Just do right by the by the mythology that was created and do right by the fans that love it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's because you know at the end of the day, and not not to be not to sound so self-serving, but the fans are what matter the most. Well, because that's the whole purpose. That's of, the whole purpose of it. Of having mm-hmm. it in the first place. If you don't have fans, there's no point in making anything. No, then you know there's nobody there to to appreciate right. any any effort that you put into it. Right. Wow. This. <laughs> and we could keep going too. Yeah, we we could. But we'll 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 round this off uh, by saying we'll be back with uh, we'll recap the first you know handful of episodes the th- first three episodes of the Bad Batch. I know that was kind of our intent, but this this kind of grew into something bigger than that. Once we started talking, we just couldn't stop. Yeah. So we 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 I know how important Star Wars is to me because it's 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 meant it's it's been the thing that I've clung clung to the most the longest. Mm. outside of maybe Spider-Man because mm-hmm. I was reading Spider-Man comics by the age of four. <laughs> you know, and, and I mean reading it, not just looking at you, ooh, picture. I was actually reading the shit at four and understanding what I was reading and knowing what Peter Parker was going through. But the molecules realigned when Star Wars came out in May of 77. Mm. And it literally changed my life. And like without Star Wars, you and I aren't even sitting here. And that's that's how important Star Wars is to me because it brought us together. I mean, we got married on May the frickin' 4th for that reason. Mm-hmm. So when people come up to me and tell me, dude, it's just a movie, 
I want to bitch slap them <laughs> because it's you, not. If you don't get it, you just you don't, just don't get, get it. it. Yeah. Right. It's not just a movie to me. It's right. not just a multimedia franchise. It's my youth. Yes, it's hours and hours of your imagination as mm-hmm. a kid because it did movies like that really did open up the possibilities of everything. It changed everything. It changed the mm-hmm. way movies are marketed, it changed the way movies are made. Mm-hmm. Uh it changed the way that that uh that merchandise is created around a film. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, when you can sell out a certificate right of figures that haven't even been made yet mm-hmm. and a kid can open up a piece of paper <laughs> on Christmas Day and go, oh, cool, I got a piece of paper. Right. <laughs> that meant you were going to get the figures when they came out. Right. And you were fine with that. Yep. <laughs> That's one hell you didn't have to go through, Derek. <laughs> the early bird certificate because they didn't have shit ready yet. It's very true. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you, again, I, I, I do envy you because you've never known a world without it. You're, and I consider you blessed because you've had Star Wars your entire life. We had to wait a couple of years. We didn't have to wait long, mm-hmm. but we did have to wait a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that the world, the the galaxy is a better place for it. <laughs> so this will kind of be our go-to spot for any and all things Star Wars. We're going to keep it real uh, uh, as much as we can. Uh, there, there, there are several other things that we could talk about, but we, again, we, we'd never shut up. Uh, That's so if, if this is where you like to hang out, come hang out with us, uh, every, every time we do one of these, uh, we'll be just as excited as we were when I saw Empire in, in 1980. So, <laughs> uh, uh, Derek, once again, thanks for the wicked ass artwork that's going on this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's 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 pretty damn amazing. I can't wait till you guys. Well, you'll you'll see it as soon as you download it. Uh, I also want to thank Ed Dragansky for for giving us a really kick ass logo. That's pretty damn sweet, isn't it? It's great. <laughs> I, we've got I, it up I on really the TV behind it. us, and it's it's just I can't stop looking at it. Uh, and I, I I love the the way you've characterized us. I mean, I when I when I actually labeled the art files, Derek, I called you Scruffy Nerf Herder. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> but but thanks again, guys, for uh, for 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 lending us your ear for an hour plus. Uh, we'll be back again to do this again. Uh, check us out on electrojellyfishpodcast.com. Uh, follow us on our, our Facebook group page and the the, the landing page, uh, facebook.com, electrojellyfishpodcast. We're at EJP Nation on Twitter. We're at electrojellyfishpodcast on Instagram. And uh, the the uh, the galaxy of, uh, of podcast platforms that we're available on, uh, Amazon Music, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Overcast, Pandora, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. So, Derek, thanks for being here, brother. As always. I do try. Yes, you Good do. Good times. <laughs> Shannon. May the force be with you. May the force be with you, sir. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you guys again soon.